0: This morning, uh, I want to I read a passage of Scripture uh, up front, and then we're going to dive in. Exodus 14, starting in verse 29. says, But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the body of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore, when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. May we be filled with awe of who God is. says they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. The story that I'm about to talk about from Exodus is a story where Reading that passage of scripture, we have an advantage. We know how the story ends. We know that it is a Hollywood ending, that it all ends in a nice little bow. But I want you to keep in mind as we're reading that the Israelites who are going through this passage did not know the end of the story. They did not know how it was all gonna turn out. And I have to think that throughout this story, the Israelites felt hopeless. How many of you would honestly say that you are, or you have felt hopeless? You felt like you were in a dry season. You felt discouraged. You felt disappointed. You felt trapped. You felt clueless. You felt like you were in the middle of something that no one prepared you for. That's where these Israelites find themselves. They're in a hopeless situation. So I want to pray, and then we're going to dive in. God, thank you so much for the people sitting in front of me. God, thank you that you have given me um, something that you want to say to these people. And God, I pray that I, that they wouldn't hear a word I say, but they would hear your very voice. God, as Hebrew says, cutting uh, to the very marrow of, of what they need. God, that they would hear you speak, that you would deal with their heart in just the way that only you as their creator knows. And God, thank you for what you're gonna do uh, on the other side of this. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you have ever used a poncho? Did y'all like that? You want me to try it again? Um, y- y- y'all, have y'all used a poncho? How many would prefer a rain jacket? In galoshes? Okay. Um, so a, a, a poncho is designed so that, to protect your clothes, right? So you don't, you don't get wet. I have a wife who absolutely hates to get caught in the rain. Some of you were impressed that I had a wife. I hear you. <laughs> I'm impressed that I still have one 12 years later. Uh, but she hates to get caught in the rain. Unless she's prepared for it, she doesn't like to get wet at all. Like unless she has a swimsuit on, she does not want to get wet. And like she doesn't want her hair to get wet. She doesn't want her shoes to get wet. A few weeks ago, we did get caught in the rain and she handled it like a champ, but I know inside she was burning, fuming, because she was getting wet without being prepared for it. Anybody else like that? Anybody always have an umbrella just because the weather report said there's a five percent chance of rain this afternoon after you'll probably be back home anyway. A couple of well, not a couple of years ago, but I was trying to figure out the year in my head. I went to a Georgia-South Carolina game, 2002, 2003-ish. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Gamecock fan. Y'all pray for me. Um, so I'm discouraged this morning myself. And But I went to a Georgia-South Carolina game, and literally, it, it was raining so hard at one point that you could barely tell there was a football field in front of you. Like, it, it was it was storming. They actually had to pause the game because it was raining so hard. And so me and a, about 80,000 other people waited in line at the concession stand to to buy a poncho, because ponchos are designed for what? They're designed to protect your clothes. A, a, a poncho has no ability to stop the rain. It has no ability to, to stop the storm from coming. But a poncho's job is to protect your clothes so that it doesn't, it doesn't ruin your day. You know, one of the things that I've come to realize is that God usually acts more like a poncho than something that stops the rain. Usually God acts more like something that protects you in the middle of a storm than someone who keeps you from going through the storm. And that's important that we get that settled at the beginning because some of you have either grown up in an environment or maybe you were told, maybe you were told when you accepted Christ that it was going to make your life easier and it was going to make your life better. And that's just simply not true. And the problem with starting with that idea is if you start with that assumption, the second that trouble does come, you're going to assume that God is either not good or that he doesn't care about you or He's not powerful. Because if I think God equals protecting me from the storm and he doesn't, the second that I feel the storm or I go through the struggle or I go through the disappointment or I go through the hopelessness, I'm going to assume that he has checked out of my life. God never promised that he would protect you from the storm. He never promised to stop the storm. He promised to be a poncho. So here's my sermon in a sentence. If you got to go and you get hungry and you, got some, you forgot to turn the crock pot on or you, you forgot to turn the oven off, then I, this, is, this is the important key to the entire message. This is what I want you to hear. Trouble will come, but God will never go. Trouble will come, but God will never Go. How many of you have been living long enough to figure out that trouble is going to come? Either you are in the midst of it, you are just on the other side of it, or look out, you're headed into it. Trouble will come, but God will never go. This morning, here's my title. Pack your poncho. Pack your poncho. Look at somebody beside you and say, pack your poncho, punk. No, I'm just kidding. Don't add the punk part. Pack your poncho. We're going to be in Exodus 14, one of the most famous scriptures in all of the Bible. If you if you have read the Bible at all much, then you know this story. You're going to know how it ends. I know that's not a, I'm not trying to surprise you with how this ends, but I really do think God has given me something very specific for you that he wants you to hear in your own unique way as only he can give it to you. Just to kind of get you up to the point of Exodus 14, God has called these group of people, the Israelites, to be his people. He, he wanted relationship with a group of people, and so he calls these Israelites. They are, they are his people. Through their own disobedience, they get enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, Four hundred years. They're slaves in Egypt. And so they begin to cry out to God. As you can imagine, God, rescue us. Things are getting worse. Our conditions are getting worse. God, rescue us from this slavery. And the Bible says that God heard their cries, which side note, God always hears your cries. He will never turn a deaf ear to your cries. But the Bible says that God heard the cries of the Israelites. And so he taps this man, Moses, to be the leader. And he says, I'm, I'm going to deliver you from the hand of the Egyptians and the angry ruler Pharaoh, and I'm going to send you to a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be your land. You are going to be free. Finally, I, this is where I am taking you. So God tells uh, Moses, I want you to go to this guy named Pharaoh. He's the leader of the Egyptians. Tell him to let my people go. Let them go to freedom. Moses in all goes to Pharaoh 10 times. There's 10 different plagues that God releases on Pharaoh and the Egyptians because Pharaoh refuses to let them go until the final one. Finally, Pharaoh is like, I can tell that God's hand is with you. I can tell that you serve the living God. So y'all just go, get out of here. We're tired of, 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 of the flies and the frogs and the blood. We're tired of all of it. And you can go back and read all that. But Pharaoh says, just go, go to that land, go worship your God. So the Israelites are on their way to their new home and let's pick it up in Exodus 14 verse 5. It says, when word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. Do you ever do you ever feel this, this this tension? And by that, I mean this, this tension of, I thought things were finally getting better. I thought things were finally getting better until. I thought things were finally starting to turn around until. I thought 2020 was gonna be my year. I had a plan. I had goals. I had financial goals. I had physical goals. I had goals. I thought 2020 was gonna be my year. Momentum was building and then Boom, 2020 happens. Or I, we just paid off that credit card. We are financially, we are getting more and more stable. We are ready for this. And then boom, the dryer breaks and the car needs an alternator in the same week. Have you ever felt that tension? That tension of, I thought things were gonna get better. I thought I was finally out of the woods. And then this happens. It's almost like somebody said, oh, no, 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 call them back, call them back, call them back, they, they, they can't have it that easy, call them back. You ever feel that? Isn't that life? And so these Israelites, they're filling the tension of this. And, and I think, I really do believe most of us this morning, I think you can handle the day-to-day expected frustrations. You can handle the kids not getting along. You can handle the occasional flat tire. But it's, it's those times where, and some of you are there right now, it's those times when you just knew things were going to be different. You just knew things were finally turning around for you. And then something happens. Those are the times where it's hardest to walk a life of faith or even walk. The Israelites, they thought things were changing. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're free let's go. And then Pharaoh's like, hey, what have we done? Y'all, y'all, y'all come back. Y'all come back. And he, Pharaoh summons his chariots, his horses, His best men, and that's no small thing because the Israelites, keep in mind, are are on foot. So I've read that these chariots and the horses and Pharaoh's army would have literally sounded like thousands upon thousands of armored tanks to the Israelites. Pharaoh chases after them. And then in verse nine, it says, the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army. All its horses and chariots, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Pihirath, across from Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? And so now when trouble comes, they start playing the blame game. They start, they start blaming Moses. And I don't know about you, but I'm really, really good at this. When things don't go my way, when things get difficult, I am really good at blaming the people around me. Are y'all not? It's, it's, it's kind of like you, you start to blame your kids. You start to blame your spouse. Well, if you would have put it up, we'd be able to find it, right? Some of you had that argument this weekend. And and I start to to blame the people around me when things don't go right. And that's what the Israelites are doing. They're playing the blame game. They're blaming this leader, Moses, for their struggle when it's not Moses' fault. And here's the deal with playing the blame game. Playing the blame game doesn't help you escape from trouble. It makes it more difficult while you're in it. It's kind of like me saying, okay, I'm I'm moving this afternoon, everything in my house, but I'm going to break my foot this morning. I still have to move, right? And when when we begin to play the blame game in our lives, what that does is that creates bitterness in our lives, but it does nothing to help solve the problems. Bitterness only makes your struggle stronger. And some of you this morning, you have blamed other people for so long that there is bitterness and it's literally eating you up. And one of the reasons why your present is so difficult is because you have been so busy looking at other people that God has never had a chance to deal with you. Yes, I know it was difficult. Yes, it may have really been their fault. Yes, I know. I know it hurts. I know it still stings. But at some point, You've got to let go so that God can do something bigger because if not, you're just carrying your bitterness and your hurt and your pain and your struggle. You're just carrying it from one season to the other and then you're wondering why God feels absent. It's because he can't do anything with it because you won't open up yourself to him to let him deal with it. Playing the blame game, it doesn't solve your problem. It just makes you bitter. And then what happens when we get bitter is we don't just get bitter towards one person, but bitterness literally, literally kind of like kind of like glitter at Christmas time. you ever notice glitter multiplies? It's kind of like it's kind of like glitter. It starts out on the tree, but it ends up on the back deck. Yeah. Bitterness will do that in your life. You can be bitter at somebody or, or one little situation, but if you're not careful, it carries its way into every part of your life. Some of you where you are right now and the situation you're in, it's difficult and it's because of the bitterness. And it's been that way for five, 10, 20, 30 years. It's time to, it's time to get some help. So the Israelites asked Moses, why, why, did you, why did you make us leave? And if I'm Moses, I'm like, excuse me, bunch of ungrateful heathens. Why did I make you leave? You begged us, begged me for years. You have been begging God for years to leave. Do you not remember? Do you not remember what it was like back there when Pharaoh took away all of your straw and made you make more bricks? Do you not remember? You know, some of us, the reason why our present is so bad is because we are falsely romanticizing the past. And it's not that where you are and the situation you find yourself in is that bad, it's that just when you think about the past, you make it so much better than it was, and so you can't enjoy your present. Some of you, you have kids, they're grown up, and you can't enjoy a new relationship with them because you were so stuck in how they were when they were little. And the thing is, is, is we'll look at pictures, right? We'll get on Facebook. We'll look at pictures. We'll look at pictures in the past because Facebook has been around that long now. And all of the pictures we'll notice. We're smiling in them. We look happy. We we forgot that that picture we we took with our spouse then. we, we, We had literally had to sit at the restaurant in the parking lot because we were fighting so bad before we went in and took the picture on our anniversary. The family vacation, you forgot that your car broke down on the way to that vacation and you just about killed one of those kids. But now you have pictures and it looks so good, doesn't it? Melissa and I were talking the other day about, about um, our little boy, Riley. And we were talking about how good it was when he was a baby because he wasn't like swinging from light fixtures and <laughs> saying mommy and daddy 900,000 times and then following it up with Nothing sorry we were, we were talking about this and we we're like do you remember when he was when he was a baby and how he couldn't talk and <laughs> we would just hold him and he would sleep and then we looked at these you know these little pictures of him cute cuckooing, and rolling around on the floor but then later you know what i thought that's a lie one time, he pooped so bad, it went through him, through his car seat, and got on me. How does that even happen? He threw up in my mouth one time. He did not like to sleep. He did not like to sleep, and he was sick all the time because he couldn't talk. He couldn't tell you what was wrong, so you were always guessing, and you couldn't sleep either. And it, and it doesn't just happen with our kids. We have a selective memory when it comes To the past, and some of you the reason your present is so difficult is because instead of living in it, you're trying to live back there. When your thoughts of back there aren't even aren't even true. So the Israelites keep grumbling, and then in verse 12 says, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Now, this that, that, that is ridiculous. But if you think about this, it, it does make a lot of sense because Moses is their leader. Moses did tell them, you are free. Go off to the promised land. You are released. It is our time. This is it. This is our time. And now, all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, the Egyptians are sweeping in for a kill. But the Israelites want things back the way they were. And you know why I think that is? Because back there, they were comfortable. Have you ever been so scared of being uncomfortable that you were willing to stay in mediocrity so you didn't have to be uncomfortable. Some of you this morning, and I'm not talking about marriage relationships, so don't say I said that, but some of you, you're stuck in relationships and you are so scared of being alone that you're willing to settle for what you know is less than your best because you're scared of what's uncomfortable. Some of you, you're stuck in a job and you've had other offers that could have been better. You've had other options. You've had other places to go, but because it's comfortable. And the, 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 list, the list goes on and on. We will so often, even, even, even things like grief, some people refuse to move past grief because they've been in it so long, everything they do revolves around grief. And so they're afraid that if they get uncomfortable and try to leave it, they don't know what's going to happen. Never let comfort kill your progress. Never let comfort, what feels good, kill your progress. Because one of the things I know about life, I may not have lived that much life, but one of the things I know is that God is a God of progress and he's also a God of the present. Don't let what may change and get uncomfortable keep you from moving because he is going to be with you every step of the way, every step of progress. Don't let comfort kill your progress. The Israelites, they see a vast army behind them. They see a sea in front of them. Really, they're trapped in a, in a valley. Have you ever felt trapped? Trapped. Some of you, you feel trapped now, don't you? Trapped between two people you love? Trapped between who you used to be and who you wanna be? Trapped between two very difficult places, a rock and a hard place? Have you ever felt trapped with no view in sight? When we feel trapped. Our minds get trapped in the present, and we for, we forget about the past. It's when it comes to our past, we need to remember what God has done, but we don't ha- we don't we're not we shouldn't ever live there. The Israelites have forgotten all that God has done. Think about think about what what God has done for the Israelites up to this point. if, if you don't know the entire story. God has done some crazy things for the Israelites up to this point. But yet, because there's an army behind them and a sea in front of them, they seem to have forgotten all of it. God provided for them while they were enslaved in Egypt. God provided for them in some crazy ways throughout their, their, their history. He, he provided for them a way to see where they were going. He provided direction for them. God provided 10 different plagues, acts of God on the Egyptian people and on Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would let the Israelites go in the first place, but yet they can't seem to trust God in this moment. God is obviously there for them. God obviously cares for them. God is obviously powerful. God is obviously present, but yet they can't trust God. And when it comes to the sea in front of them and an army behind them, they are scared, scared to death and they want to go back to the way things used to be. They refused to trust the God that was in their past while they were in their present. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? God's done all of these things. He, God hasn't changed. He can still do it, but it's our story too. That time you were out of money, but you didn't starve. It's the same God that's with you wherever you are right now in your struggle That time you went to the doctor and you heard bad news, but you're still here. That time you lost the family member, but yet you still rejoiced again. The same God that did that is the same God that's with you in that difficult situation right now. The time that you hit rock bottom, but then you bounced up. The time where you had a relationship unexpectedly end, but you moved on the time you were a product of abuse but yet you're still healing somebody this morning and i don't know who it is in this room you need to know that the same god that got you through that is the same god that gets you through this it's the same god that that same god who As you look back, as you look back, you should have been dead, you should have been buried, you should have been alone, you should have been poor, you should have been homeless, you should still be strung out on drugs. The same God that rescued you back then and provided you for you back then is right here with you now. He's the same God, the Bible says he is constant, never changing, he never lies, he's always present, he's always powerful, the same God who blessed the Israelites with food and water and direction, all of those times the same God was with them in this situation between a sea and an army. This morning, I want you to know that it's the same God. He got you to here and he will get you to there. The Israelites have forgotten that. Trouble will come, but God will never go. So Moses speaks. Verse 13 it says but Moses told the people don't be afraid just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. One of the greatest gifts that God gives us is the promise that he always fights for us. And this morning, some of you are in seasons of life and in difficult situations where the pain, the hurt, the shock, the worry, literally have you you paralyzed. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to pray. Moses says, Just stand still. That's all you can do. Just stand still and watch the Lord fight for you. Trouble will come, but God will never go. So God speaks to Moses and tells him to raise his hand over the water and he'll divide it. He's gonna divide the water and make a pathway for the Israelites. Verse 17 says, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I the Lord. Could it be that your tough situation right now is a setup for a prosperous story? That God is putting you in a place where you're going to walk through this in such a way that when people look back at it, all they can say is that was God. That was God in them. There's no way. They're not that strong. I have seen them, I know them. They are not that strong. They are not that smart. It had to be, God, could it be that your situation that you're in right now has a bigger purpose? And here's why that's important, because I know it doesn't make it easier. But if, you're, if you know that your pain has a purpose, it makes you more confident as you walk through it. Think about it, have you ever had anybody who's had like knee replacement, something like that. You knew, you knew there was going to be pain involved. But because the pain had a purpose, I was willing to go through it. I know that some of you this morning, you're struggling. And I know that the last thing you want to hear is that God will use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. If you can just remember, that he's doing something in you through that pain that he would never be able to do through your comfort? Maybe you can make it through it. Let's keep reading. Verse 21 says, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a pathway through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. How crazy does this have to seem to Moses? If, you, if I told you, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out to Lake Robinson this afternoon, and I want you to hold your hand over and see what happens. What would you do? You would call me a nut, wouldn't you? This makes, this makes no sense. If someone would have suggested to me, okay, you can raise your hand over the water, and, and it's gonna, it's going to part, I would I would think they were, they were crazy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take their advice. But here's my question. What other options did Moses have? Right? I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. The army's behind me. The sea's in front of me. What other options do I have? Sometimes the cry of I can't is the first cry of victory. The cry of I give up. The cry of, I can't control this anymore. The cry of, I can't keep all the plates, the, 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 the plates in the air, I, I, I can't do it. The, the cry of, I can't control if they're sick. The cry of, I can't control when they get out of the hospital. The cry of, I can't control. The ch- cry of, I can, is oftentimes the first cry of victory. Now, just imagine this scene in your head, okay? Where we are at this point. There's chariots, and horses behind the Israelites. No, what's a chariot sound like? No, it's more like a machine gun. What, Uh, a a chariot. Y'all get my idea. What's a chariot sound? Y'all got a chariot sound? We're gonna go. Okay, so imagine you got chariots behind you. You got chariots behind you. You got a sea in front of you. Those are the waves. So you got chariots behind you. You got waves in front of you. And then imagine the the wind because it's pushing the wall. So then you got the wind. So that would be. Y'all do the wind because I can't do them all. So you got chariots behind you, sea in front of you and the wind. And then you've probably got like fish saying, hey, y'all, right? You probably got, and then you've got this music swelling like, ooh, Think Disney. Don't think what I just sang, but think Disney. So you got chariots. you got ocean. you got wind. You've got fish. Howdy. And then you've got music. Can, 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 you, can, you, can you put yourself where, 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 where they are right now? But then... The water's part, the wind all of a sudden makes a wall, and the sea makes a highway. What was annoying, that sea, the thing that was their enemy, the ocean, is now protecting them. The walls that were protecting them, weren't just protecting them, but they were also directing them to the other side of the sea. So maybe, and the reason I say that is maybe today, maybe the pain isn't to take you out. Maybe it's leading to your purpose. Maybe the rejection is to give you a different direction. Maybe the broken relationship is the very thing that finally gets you to heal inside. You feel the storm, but God hasn't left you because the very thing that was their enemy became their walking ground. The very thing that was keeping them from their promise became a highway to it. Sometimes God will use the things around us that we never asked for to do things we never knew we needed. Now I know that the ground was dry but can't you imagine that the wind y'all forgotten already the wind can't you imagine that the wind as it was as it was blowing? Can't you imagine that they got a little wet? Like the moistness in the air, can't you imagine that? I know they said how you really put on a poncho, but can't you imagine that like they actually needed some 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 protection, but but but, but here's the thing, they may have needed a poncho, but they still had a pathway. They may have gotten a little wet crossing the sea. God didn't stop the storm, but he got them to the other side. So whatever sea you're in today, whatever sea you're facing, I want you to see this beautiful picture of God's grace. That trouble will come, but God will never go. You'll make it. Put your poncho on. May get wet. But you're going to make it. So let's finish the story because I know y'all won't go home and read it. Verse 23. It says, Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots and charioteers, chased them in the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army and from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. (laughs) Let's get out of here. Away from the Israelites, the Egyptians shouting, The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again and then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and their charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers. The entire army of Pharaoh Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the body of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. And here's the Hollywood ending. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians. They were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. I believe that today, look at me. I didn't mean to get bossy, but look at me. I believe that today God is building something better than an escape route for you. You're gonna, you're gonna get to the other side. You're gonna be okay. But there's something deeper he wants for you. There's something different. It may feel like the army's behind you, but he's building walls to show you his faithfulness. Maybe if you never went through this pain, maybe you would never get the full knowledge of the ability of God to comfort his people. Maybe he's building walls around you. Maybe you're getting put, maybe you find yourself in this situation so that you can see his provision and you'll always know it. And so that you'll be grateful so that you can be, you can be generous. Maybe he's building walls around you so that you can sense his peace and you can walk in his peace all the days of your life, not just to get you out, but so that you can know His peace at a deeper level. Maybe it's timed. Maybe all of this is coming together and it's time so that God gets the glory and so that you get the blessings He has for you. Maybe today, maybe, just maybe, God wants some people that are filled with awe. And the only way that can happen is if you get into a spot where you desperately need Him. He's working. He is working, guys. He's working in your situation. It's the same God, the one who did it before. He'll do it again. It's the same God even if you don't feel it inside of you. Even if you can't muster up the strength to raise your hands this morning. Even if you can't muster up the strength to say His name and to call on Him. Even if you can't do that. Even if you don't believe Him. Even if you've never believed Him. I want you to know that He is working even when you don't see it. Even when you don't feel it. Even when you don't see a way to the other side. He can part waters. He can make the storm go away protect you come on y'all stand let's sing this together he's our way maker he's making a way you'll make it you'll make it to the other side he's doing something
1: bigger even when i don't feel that you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working You're working, you never stop.
0: I just wanna take just a couple of minutes, and we're not gonna belabor this point, but I just wanna open it up. There's been several people that have come down here and prayed. We're just gonna give it a couple of minutes. But if you have something that, that you're desperately wanting God to act on, and you're wondering why you're in this season, maybe symbolically you can just come up here. If you're not comfortable with it, you can absolutely do it at your seat. Maybe you just need to give it to him and say, God, you're the same God that's been there for me in my past. I trust you, I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you can make pathways in the ocean. So let's just give it just a couple of minutes. There'd be some people standing down here that would love to pray with you, I'll be right here. What is it, what are you trusting God for today? What do you want to, even if you can't quite believe it, what do you want to believe him for? at your faces, not that I can see them right now, but as I was up here talking, some of the issues and the stuff that you're dealing with, I, part of me wants to just be able to take it and share it with you a little bit, but I just don't want you to give up. Don't give up progress because it's comfortable right here don't let comfort kill your progress, don't, don't let the fact that things didn't change overnight for you keep you from continuing to chase after what God has for you. Don't let a, a bad doctor's report rob you of still believing that God can make a way. Don't let a scary world scary media, scary social media. Don't wanna let it rob you of your faith and your love. Trouble will come. God will never go, even when it doesn't feel like it. If you're in the room this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't really understand why we're singing all of this. I just want you to know that all of this, and the reason he brought you in here this morning is because he loves you so much. All of this has been leading up to this point for you. Jesus knew that like the Israelites were God's chosen people, you're chosen as well, but he knew that you couldn't make any kind of atonement for your mess ups and get close to God by yourself. So he sent a son, Jesus, Jesus would live a perfect life that we can't live. He would die on a cross. He would raise from the dead three days later. And he says, if anybody puts their faith in me and believes that I am who I say I am, they'll be saved. And so this morning, if that's you this morning, and you need to pray that prayer, I just want you to say this in your heart. You can say it out loud. We'd love to celebrate it with you, but you can just say it in your heart. It's a confession. Say, God, I give up. I can't make my own way. So Jesus, I don't know how it works, but somehow I believe that even though I'm messed up, that you're not and that you died just for me and that you rose. And so I put my trust in you. You're the Lord of my life. I give my life over to you. In Jesus' name. I wanna challenge you with something this week as we try to encourage each other throughout the week. Um, You know, social media is one of those things that, can cause that bitterness I talked about earlier to creep up really fast. But we can also use it for good. And so here's a little challenge for you. This week, I want you to, want you to take a, a picture of yourself or something that represents God's faithfulness into your life. Maybe it's your home that you never thought you would get. Maybe it's your children that you had to pray for for a long time. Maybe it's a piece of furniture. Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's a friend. Something that represents God's work in your life. And I want you to hashtag it with Pack your poncho. And then bonus points, if you tell us what you're trusting God for in this season, let's encourage each other. We should be able to search that hashtag and just something that represents God's blessing in your life. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for the honor and the privilege of speaking your word. God, I pray that you have done with it so much more than I could. God, I feel so incapable. God, put it where it needs to go. Let it not just stop in an emotional environment, but let it carry to their house and their cars. What an amazing group of people, God. Let we trust you. You're the same God who's been faithful in the past. In Jesus' name,
1: amen.